Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. LaFondra looking to get close side of Vaughn. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to another Elm Park Royals preview podcast. This week I'm joined by Jonathan Lowe. How are you, Jonathan? Hello, yes, all good, thank you, Matt. Yep, all fine. Uh, we haven't spoken to you in a while, so I thought that we'd get your views on the point seduction. Obviously, it's been a couple of weeks now. I think that people have kind of accepted it. Um, I guess it's just a case of getting on with the job at hand now. Yeah, I think very much so. Um I think we'll only see the real extent of it uh, later on in the season, to be honest, um, whether it uh, is the difference between um, reaching the playoffs or hopefully, uh, well, obviously hopefully avoiding a, a relegation scrap. Uh, obviously, on the face of it, six points is not too bad, given what they, what they did uh, in terms of all the transfer fees and the wages and, and everything else. Um, and well, just the way they actually threw money at so much and, and got very uh, little reward for it and also not showing uh, any um, regard to the rules really um so so being uh, given a six point deduction as i say it is it is a blow but um in the grand scheme of things i think they can recover from it i think they will survive and um hopefully you know it's not it's not going to be sort of absolutely decisive at the end of the season that you know if they miss out on the playoffs or whatever by five points then um you know it's gonna be, be a bit of a blow but um i think you know the the main thing to take out of this is is to avoid uh spending beyond your means or certainly spending beyond the rules and making sure that you don't make these same mistakes again and, and ensuring that the club is uh stable and on some good footing going forward yeah and i mean we had a couple of quotes from Dai young and it sounds positive but obviously uh, how much of that is PR and how much of that is actual Dayong talking it's always difficult to tell isn't it um but yeah let's not dwell on that because it's been it's been a couple of weeks now and as I say I think uh everyone's accepted it and and thankfully I think that win against Swansea on Saturday has somewhat brightened the the skies um it was a it was a good three points yeah, it was. It was a it was a it was a really good uh, away day. A surprising one as well because 
obviously going into it there wasn't much expectation i i thought that they would lose and, and probably lose quite comfortably however they we faced them they they produced a really good performance and, and even after going down so early well with seeing the first half and the second half they, they responded really well and, and it was a good team performance so if they can take those performances that level of points going forward then you know they've got a really good chance of picking up some some good results in, in the coming weeks and months so um yeah obviously and, and yeah going back to that points deduction it, it does end end the um speculation doesn't know over uh, what might or might not happen and i think that's um you know they can draw a, a line under it now and kick on and uh like in the world of reading fc one week everything is is all rosy and, and next minute it's uh, a bit down and it was certainly down after that Sheffield united game last middle of last week that tuesday night um but they responded really well and and hopefully now they can they can really kick on if they've got a week between games which is that they've made a point of, of saying and, and clearly with the injury list that gives everyone a bit more time to recover and allows Anovich to rest some players. And uh, hopefully, you know, on paper, they've got some winnable games coming up and um, they can you know, start looking up the table rather than fearing what's below them. Yeah, it's quite funny, yeah, it's isn't it? Like we, we talk about a packed Christmas schedule, but uh, actually Reading don't play midweek until uh, between Christmas and New Year. So, I mean, I don't really know what the injury situation is like for some of the players. Um, obviously. Moore and Ajaria were added to that list this week. Uh, but at least there are, you know, opportunities to to rest players and, and get some back. Do we do we know any any players that might be close? Um well I certainly think uh Ajaria and Moore, I don't think they'll be out for too long. Um sort of Panovich was, was rather kind of guarded about um the extent that they will be out for. After the Swansea City game, I think he said he hopes to have them back at least in the next two weeks. So make of that what you will. Um, but certainly, uh, a junior Hoylet posted a picture of his boots on Instagram this week. So uh, I think that's, that's hopefully some uh, exciting news that uh, he, he could be back in contention because, uh, I mean, like with a few of the others, actually, they, they meant to have been back a few weeks ago and they haven't for whatever reason. Um, but he's been out since the start of October, I think it is. So um, I would imagine he, he'll be this weekend, uh, if not perhaps next weekend. Um, and then, I mean, I'll be speaking to the manager actually quite quite soon. So we're getting an update on, on players like um, Andy Rinomota and, and uh, I'm quite sure what, what's happened to his uh, ankle injury. Clearly, it's, it's proving very troublesome. Um, Tom McIntyre, I think he should be back um, in, in the next fortnight at, at the latest. Um, Araruna, I think, as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to give Panovic some, some options and, and some dilemmas. Um, and good dilemmas because uh, that's what he needs and he can arrest some players and um, clearly with the African Cup of Nations coming up as well you've got uh, Andy Yidom and Baba Raman probably going away so he needs to find some cover for them so um, yeah some big big decisions coming up but uh, hopefully he should um, be bolstered by having a few more players available. Yeah I mean given that point deduction and the embargo or well it's not I don't think it's called an embargo anymore, but obviously the the business plan that Reading have signed up to, um, bringing in players in January to cover for Rahman and uh, Yidom might be a bit of a, a bit of an issue. But it's good news to hear Tom McIntyre might be close to coming back because obviously he's likely the one to slot in at left back. I would think. I would think so, yes. Um, obviously, you've got Ethan Bristow coming back from injury as well. He played for the under-23s on Monday night against Middlesbrough. Um, 
Jamari Samuels, he's he's injured as well. So yeah, uh, certainly at left back, not too many options. Obviously at right back, uh, I imagine it'll be between Tom Holmes and, and Felipe Araruna, um, providing they're both fit. Um, in terms of bringing players in, I don't think they're going to be able to unless they get someone out because they've got a squad of 25 players and that's all you're allowed. So unless they can get to something in exceptional circumstances, um, I can't see them bringing anyone else in. Um, I think obviously Carroll was the final one in that 25. Um, so yeah, it'll be you know players playing out of position, um, which they've done last season, and, and obviously McIntyre's played there. And um, I don't know who else can play left back. Maybe who um, Junior Hoylet maybe left back. Who knows? But um, maybe left wing back. But uh, I, I'm sure that they'll cope somehow um and um you know if if it is a case of not bringing anyone else in uh, i think with the players they've got they've they've got enough quality i'd forgotten about the uh, rules on the number of players we're allowed to have that uh it's just too many now to to keep track of uh with, with reading um in some ways the embargo was easier because it was just we weren't allowed to sign anyone and, and that was easy to keep track well, of. well yeah but, but even then there were there, there were kind of ways around it weren't they sort of bringing players mm. in and free agents and stuff so there's no sort of sort of blanket ban on signings like i guess it would be easy if there was but um you know even with this embargo there, there has been ways around it and and i guess the clubs will always look to find ways around the rules so, so long as they can um you know stick to them I think uh, that we're we're playing Hull at almost exactly the wrong time. They've won four in their last four, um, but I, I mean, when you look at who they've played, they they have played teams kind of in and around the bottom. Um, I, and and this is a horrible thing to say as a Reading fan, but I'm going into this game expecting a win, which never turns out well. Um, do you think that we should be confident ahead of Saturday? Um, yeah, I think very much so. I think given last weekend's performance the 3-2 win at Swansea and the fact they've had a clear week and hopefully they might get one or two players back from injury I think there's there's every reason to be confident clearly Hull are on a, a good run of form however that they've struggled overall this season uh and you know Reading had they not had that point selection that they would be um I don't know how many points ahead but they would be ahead of them in the table I'm pretty sure that they would be so on paper at least they, they should be a, a better side um uh, it's always dangerous, isn't it, going into games expecting uh, your team to win. Um, so they had that reverse effect last weekend when I thought they'd lose, and they, they won 3-2. So um, I imagine it, it'll be a, be a tight game, but I, I think if Reading can, can bring their A game, that they should have enough quality to, to beat Hull. Yeah, I always go into games um, where we should be, you know, the weaker team, almost expecting us to... Well, no, not expecting us to pull something off, but knowing in the back of my mind that re re this Reading team have that capability to kind of go and nick games, as we've seen at Fulham, Cardiff and Swansea. It, sometimes it has been the weaker teams that that Paunovic, um has struggled against in his kind of 18 months here. Obviously, we lost at Wickham, which was a dire game. I only beat Wickham at home with kind of a long ball over the top that Zhao managed to turn into something. Um, I'm hoping that this whole game doesn't go that way um, and, and does go a slightly slightly easier way. There have been some easier wins as, as well. It's just obviously the ones that stick in the mind are not always the uh, the easy ones. They're, they're the ones that take a bit more effort. Um, yeah. Do you have a prediction for, for Saturday in terms of a scoreline? 
Uh, well, I'll tell you what, your your intro, um, I can't remember what, what game it was for, but uh, the commentary on it said that Reading, uh, someone scored and, and Reading won 3-1, and that's uh, inspired me, I think. I think I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go 2-0. Um, I'm hoping that we've got enough to uh, to see off Hull. And I think I think a two-goal margin, anyhow, would, would be nice rather than, I, I think... There's only one game that Reading have won by more than one goal this season, and that was the Peterborough game. Um, so a repeat of that would be would be lovely. If uh, you know, it, it'd be nice not to be in the 90th minute, desperately hoping that the away side don't manage to you know get a knockdown or something and and, and, and find a draw. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a bit more. I think it'll be quite an open game. So um, you know, had Hull lost their last four and and really really scrapping for survival then they they may well just come to reading and try and get a point and put you know 10 men behind the ball um but i think you know the, the, they'll go for it and that that should suit reading um so yeah let's uh, let's be positive and go for a home victory oh, well we love to be positive here i mean I, that may not come across all the time but i promise i'm a positive person uh, anyway uh thank you very much jonathan um i'll let you go in and and sort out your shopping, which you were doing doing be- just before we came on. Um, Thank you. Yes, but now it's all right. I got my priorities right. So I've, uh, the uh, the podcast always takes priority. Oh well, thank you very much. That's that's good to hear. Um, after the break, we will be speaking to Nathaniel from the To Hull and Back podcast. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm here with Nathaniel from the Hull and Back podcast. How are you doing, Nathaniel? Uh, Very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing too badly, thanks. Um, I mean, we we were chatting just beforehand that uh, if we were doing this a little bit earlier in the season, it it might have been not as fun for you. Um, talk us through how the season's gone, uh, and and recently, obviously that that turn in form. Mm. Well, I mean, we started the season on a high um, after you know winning promotion, uh, winning the league for the first time in however many years. Um, we started really well. We had a lot of momentum from the first game. Uh, uh, probably one of our best performances with a win away at Preston. And then immediately, the week after, we lost 3-0 to QPR. We didn't even play that badly, but from then on, and we got a red card as well, the momentum was completely gone. Uh, and we've had a lot of injuries as well, which hasn't helped. So um, from the first game to about four games ago, it's been quite miserable. We, I think we won one game in 13 and um, we couldn't score and we couldn't keep a clean sheet. So, uh, you know, if you can't do either of those things, uh, it's not going to go very well. So, um, but recently, uh, somehow, uh, we've somehow won four in a row, which is, uh, if you'd asked me that about four weeks ago, I would have said, you're completely insane. That's never going to happen. We're not even going to win four until the end of the year. So, um, a miraculous turn of events um, and it's probably all been down to a uh, change in formation uh, where um, often kind of we criticise our manager uh, uh, as we keep with a 4-3-3 formation so we're 4-3-3 FC 
D. But recently, we've gone three at the back or five at the back, and um, that's worked really well for us. So uh, great, great start, terrible until four weeks to go, and then great again. Yeah, so like, what what was the problem? Yeah, I mean, you said the problem was scoring goals and keeping clean sheets. Obviously, Everything. obviously bad. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why couldn't you score goals? Like, what, what was the issue there? Um, well, we weren't really creating any chances, and then when we did create them, uh, we don't really have the strikers uh, to finish the chances. Um, even though we are playing well, our two strikers at the moment. Um, they're probably the only players you could argue aren't living up to um, expectations. Um, uh, I mean, last season, I, I've mentioned it on our own podcast time and time again. Uh, last season, we were one of the best teams from set pieces singly in the world. We scored a set piece almost every other week. Um, but this year, it took uh, 95 corners for us to score. And I, I did a tweet saying, oh, are we going to get to 100? And then immediately we scored our first set-piece goal away at Cardiff a few uh, games ago, which was a, a good stroke of luck and a big coincidence. Um, so we weren't scoring from set-pieces, which was one of the main things we did last year. And we weren't creating any chances. We just... Um, and a, a lot of that um, was down to Wilkes, who had a, a great season last year. And um, he's... But he's just been uh, nowhere near as good as he was last year. And he breaks down our play like more than the opposition defenders do sometimes, which maybe is a bit cruel to say, but it's um, he just needs a, a kick up uh, his ass really, and uh, you know, drop him for a game and maybe we'll get his uh, mojo back. But um, really nothing went very well. Uh, that's why we weren't con uh, scoring goals. Yeah, because, I mean, Malik Wilkes, even last time, uh, you know, a couple of seasons back when you were in the championship, I thought he looked a pretty decent striker. He, when he was. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, he's kind of like a Dharma Traore light. He's he's clearly mm. a very strong man, got a lot of pace. Um, but, yeah, just so just he's not he's he's only got two goals in, in 14 starts this year. Um, mm -hmm. Josh McGuinness has uh, two goals in, in 14 starts as well. Um the, doesn't the look goals, very good, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, it's but not promising. You, you've got uh, George Honeyman, who's got uh, three and eight from midfield, and uh, Lewis Potter has uh, four in 20, which, you know, um, still not great, but but still better. Uh, is it that midfield contribution that's kind of coming to the fore now? Yeah, I mean, Honeyman was uh, our best player last season and um, one of our better players uh, in the back end of last year, uh, or two seasons ago when we... Uh, had that terrible run of form and got relegated. He's finally back from injury and fully firing. So he's got, um, he uh, created or scored four of the seven goals in the last um, month, I think. So um, fortunately, we've got him back and we do really need to rely on our wing backs. So that'll be uh, my favourite player, Ryan Longman and Lewis Potter um, and Honeyman. Uh, because as I said before, the strikers just aren't doing it at all. So um, we, we do really need to sign a striker, uh, as we've been saying since the summer, uh, in the transfer window. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking before the season started, your summer was a bit interesting, wasn't it? Because you kind of signed two May players and then couldn't register them all or something? Uh, yeah, fortunately, I think we were able to register them all in the end. But there seemed to be a lot of confusion from the EFL as to who we could sign 
and what ages they were and loans and it was all very complicated um we weren't able to really sign anyone that improved the squad um it's kind of funny though that we signed all these players McCann said um oh you know they're all great uh contributions and then uh once all the players from last season have been fit we've just been playing the the team that won league one so clearly they didn't improve the team but at the moment it's only the loan signings uh, that we made in the summer that are playing. All the permanent transfers aren't getting a look in. Um, so, uh, you know, we're uh, helping these loan players in their development, but not going to help us, um, you know, down the line. Yeah, and uh, one of those loan players, uh, I think, if I haven't got this wrong, is uh, Nathan Baxter in goal. Yeah. Um, you were saying that uh, you haven't kept many clean sheets. He He's coming to the team and kept, uh, kept three in his last four. Um, is, that, is he a big part of that, or is it just that your defence has been better since switching to the five at the back? I think it's uh, um, both make you know good contributions to that. Uh, it's a really odd thing that um, over the international break, we switched from Matt Ingram, who a lot of people would say was our best player. So we dropped our best player and it's improved us somehow. I don't know how that works, but it happened. So because um, Ingram was making a lot of good saves and he was one of our best players, but we dropped him. There is a bit of talk as to maybe that was Chelsea getting involved, saying Baxter's here on loan. He's not playing enough, but um, he's got uh, three clean sheets in four now and um, three in a row. Um, made some really great saves and uh, I think that con uh, con uh, as well as the change to uh, the formation 3-5-2 both of those have been equally important but it's just really ironic that we took our best player out and we're you know actually winning now yeah I mean I've had that loan discussion a lot on a football manager you know where you've sent someone mm. off on loan and then not getting the game time promise so uh, I assume that happens in the real world as well and that they've taken inspiration from somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely worked for you. Um, Grant McCann obviously came under a bit of stick at the beginning of this season. He I kind looked. of came under, well, yes, <laughs> he came under a bit of stick at the end of your last championship campaign. Um, he obviously had a, like did a good job in getting you guys back up. Where is the fan base with him now? Well, I think a lot of fans will never, um, even after winning the league last season, will never give him a fair shot because of just how bad um, it was uh, when we got relegated. I mean, it was uh, six points from 66. I mean, we could do better a job than that. And that's not even a lie. Like, we, we could fluke two wins in uh, 20 games. I'm sure we could do that, but he couldn't. Um, so, really, if we had you know, owners that cared about how well the club does. McCann probably would have been sacked about three or four times in his tenure. But at the moment, we're going quite well. So we wouldn't sack him from the last four wins. But, um, you know, for maybe the previous 10 games before that, everyone wanted him out. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a few clubs that have... Not not the same predicament as yours, but I remember Gareth Ainsworth has been on terrible runs and kind of turned that around at, at Wickham. Um, the old Exeter manager, whose name escapes me now, like he got put not on gardening leave, but he knew within like a year that he was going to leave the club and yet kind of turned things around there. So some, sometimes that can work out well for you. Um, mm -hmm. And hopefully four wins on the back of uh, four wins out of four 
Uh, well, I'm hoping it doesn't turn into five out of five. Mm. I mean, I, I I hope it does, but oh, we'll yeah. take a draw. I think uh, on our uh, podcast be recorded, we'd all take a draw. Yeah, because like, we just what... need to keep the um, unbeaten streak going. Yeah, like where where do you think that you can go from here? Like, do you think that this is like I don't want to say blip because that feels wrong because you're going up rather than down. But do do you think this is a momentary? gain of form before it kind of reverts back to where you were or do you think that this is something that you can continue i mean absolutely no idea i mean i, I it's, it's it's so strange that we were so terrible and then we've just immediately changed to being not great but you know like a just a just a proper team like we look like a, a proper team of players rather than just a bunch of you know headless chickens running around um so i think i mean this is probably better than I thought we could be like I never thought we'd win four in a row this season we're probably about like I think we're 20th or 19th that's probably about where I thought we would be at the start of the season um so if the four wins were spread out a bit that'd be more reasonable but um I mean hopefully we can keep the form going but um it'll be interesting to see what happens when our alleged proposed takeover happens because whether that could, you know, improve form even more or keep it going or something will change. And then we could, you know, in just two or three games, it could happen. Maybe the momentum will go somehow. So it's really difficult to tell what's going to happen. But I don't think we're going to be playing as well as this for very long. Well, and, and Saturday is a bit of a six-pointer. It feels wrong to say that so early in the season. But obviously, Reading in 21st with 20 points. Hull, as you say, in 19th with 21 Whoever gets this win probably is going to, you know, at least put some distance between them and Peterborough in 22nd, mm -hmm. which I think for both of us is probably the goal here. Yeah. Um, how how confident are you in turning up to the what is now the select car leasing stadium and, and nabbing three points? Um, well, we've won our last well, four games, uh, last two away games. Um, but those away games have been against Barnsley and Cardiff. And I know they've both had new managers, so maybe they would be playing a bit better. But both of those have been sides right down the bottom. And although Reading are quite close to the bottom, you don't deserve to be because of the points deduction. So it'll be interesting to see how we fare against, you know, what should be a, a mid-table team uh, based on the, you know, wins. Um how we fare against a side like that away from home because although we've beaten solid mid-table teams Millwall and Birmingham that's been with the home support so I don't I'm not confident we'll win I think we definitely could if we turn up but it's just one of those you know six-pointer championship games anything could happen really I mean uh, are there any players that Reading fans should look out for particularly um on Saturday uh, not Wilkes. I mean, Honeyman runs the game all the time, uh, literally um, and metaphorically, you know, with the ball and also just runs everywhere. So look out for Honeyman um, buzzing around, uh, pun intended. Um, and then, yeah, Lewis Potter is a player that um, has been on great form scoring and uh, the skills that he's showing off. Um, he's a really exciting player to watch, I think, for um, maybe more knowingly so for opposition fans. But um He's uh, a really talented prospect. Yeah, George Honeyman. The fact he's 27 blows my mind at this point. Like, 
obviously is he really 27 yeah apparently so yeah he is uh 27 and 84 days one of the stars of wow. Sunderland till I die that initial series mm. at least uh before he moved on uh yeah I mean in my head he's still about 21 22 so mine too I'd like I'd like for him to do well because like he he uh he was I mean everyone came across fairly well in that Sunderland till I die documentary but um he, he especially well all the players may, maybe not the upper management but but that's something else anyway um yeah, so do you have a score prediction? Are you going to stick your neck out on the line? Uh, well, not really. I'll, I'll go for a boring 1-1 draw. Um, so yeah. that's not really sticking my head out at all. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's perfectly reasonable, isn't it? I, I, I probably... I mean, from a Reading perspective, this is one of the games where, on paper at least, we probably should be winning and... Mm-hmm. and Based on our fit squad winning fairly comfortably, but we also don't really have a fit squad, so it's sometimes difficult to tell um, what Reading side will turn up. Uh, both in the sense that who, like how well they will play, but also literally what players will be on the pitch sometimes. Mm. Uh, so, so it's always interesting. I, I'd like to think that we'd win this one fairly comfortably. So I, I'm going to say two nil Reading, and then get very upset when we inevitably lose one nil mm. in like the 90th minute or something. Well, I'd love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like um, I think that normally, I, I think I just go the opposite way to the way that Reading should do. Because normally I'm like, oh no, let's be optimistic. I think we're going to win this one. But but Reading never win the games they're supposed to. Mm. I mean, we beat Swansea. At, um, last weekend, and yet never in a million years should have won that based on their form and and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, so, one one final question is just like, how confident are you about avoiding the drop? Because I know you've said you're kind of not confident about how well you'll keep up this form, but like over the course of the season, do you think that you have enough? Uh, well, I mean, I think if the takeover goes through. And I'm quite confident because we're playing well at the moment and there is a good basis of a team here. Um, as long as we sign a striker, I mean, that's for every championship team or every team in almost any sport, maybe even um, with, you know, that has strikers. Oh, let's sign a new striker in the window. That will solve all our problems magically. Um, but if we do that, I'm quite confident. Um, I mean, four games ago, we're completely doomed. And now on this form, we could eventually get into the playoffs somehow but I think I think as I said before this is probably a, around our spot in the table we should be should be in so um if we can just play like this a little bit more consistently especially at home because our home form had been awful then more confident than uh the form you know should allow me to be uh you know before four games ago yeah, well, that's uh, that's positive. And uh, whatever the result on Saturday, I wish you luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, same. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Nathaniel. Um, I hope that it's an enjoyable watch, whatever happens. Um, Paul and the rest of the gang, or maybe not Paul, depending on who's hosting, uh, but we'll be back after the game for some post-match analysis.